The first Pikachu you see in the game. There is a Pikachu in Route 1, but only one, and you can't catch it. It's because Professor Oak cheats. It's true. He's like, my Pikachu now. Because he took it and said, get out of here, Red. I'm waiting for a kid named Ash. Mm, there you go. Just a reminder, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. Different series that require a spoiler warning will be in the description. Hi, everybody. This is Gaming Theater Presents, coming at you with another episode for our Gaming Theater podcast. Today's episode is going to be all about some of the real-world pop culture, myths, legends, and references that we find in Pokemon. Specifically, all the... Pokemon? Yeah! Specifically, we're going to go over this per generation. Now, in this case, we should start in the beginning with Generation 1, which is Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, and Green. Before we get started, we should just introduce ourselves real quick. Uh, once again, I am the Geek Scorpio. My name is Leo. I'm your host today. Uh, hi, my name is Jay. I am Tomato Man, also known as Brandon. Uh, I am Rob. I am a game design student. I am... Kyle, also known as K-Bye. My name is Dane. I go by D and Dane on the internet. And if we came from Mankeys, why do we still have... Because Mankeys are great. It's an evolution Yeah, it's joke. a really bad evolution joke. <laughs> and I'm sorry about no, it. No, I loved that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, hi, everyone. I am L Penguin. This is me, Moontastical. Uh, I'm Zombie Hand, also known as Liz. All right. Now, before we get started, I went down the slide. Whoa! I don't feel safe! Oh my god. Ah, here we are back at the Magical Merge Booth. And unlike the normal Magical Merge Booth, we have something like a ton of different things on there. So just as an update for anybody, all of our listeners out there, a good portion of us do other things besides gaming theater stuff. And in this particular case, some of us stream games, such as Dane, or on occasion do artworks, such as Zombie Hand, and others uh, have their own podcasts, such as Yield and Teo. So, Hi. we're going to do, so in those cases, we would just leave it for one person to give their information on there. But in this case, um, in the description, it's going to have links to everyone's stuff on that for this, for this one. So check it out when you get the chance. Um, in the meantime, let's get back to the show. Whoa! Whee! <laughs> what we're talking about today is that Pokemon is a game and a game series that has been around for kind of a while. Um, I think even back in the day, it was what? It, it was the first game of Pokemon was played black and white in the old Game Boy. So it was it was before the time of when colors were a thing, apparently. You gotta catch them all. Pokemon Digital Mice. Wrong one. <laughs> so what we're showing with this, um, to have about a list of 150 uh, Pokemon with a gamescape that is surprisingly large for most RPGs, you kind of have a reference of, uh, in one place or another. No, it would be hard-pressed for somebody to create a hundred characters and not put a reference to something in there. So, what we're going to go over is as many of the references that are in Gen of Pokemon that we can find, either in the world or into the uh, the Pokemons themselves, which I always found is an interesting one. you got to catch them all. So, 
I guess we should start in the beginning, which would be probably the first thing that you do is after you pick your character, you are sitting in front of a large TV. And the first thing that you see is an SNES, which yep. would have been around at the time when the first game came out. Shameless self-promotion. Buyer stuff. Really quickly, I think it's, it bears worth mentioning that I find it very interesting that Pokemon came about, but uh, traditionally, from my understanding of it, it does come from the creator's love of catching bugs, which is a pretty common pastime in Japan. Uh, and so I find it interesting that like fighting, catching, and, and keeping bugs is what led us to you know, Pikachu, technically. <laughs> I just like to keep these things. Um, yeah, so it started off with the idea behind um, their love of catch, uh, the creators' love of catching bugs, and I'm not, and I believe that they worked on a couple of different games, but also notably Earthbound, which is why some of this art style for it in the original ones looked so familiar. It's because Earthbound was one of the basis of at least the artwork for some of the game. Most of it is led by a the original creator of Pokemon is a guy named, and I hope I'm saying this right, Satoshi. Uh, Satoshi Tajiri. So Satoshi Tajiri started, uh, uh, worked as the creator of Pokemon and helped design Game Freak, which is the company that, the sub company that works all in exclusively with Pokemon to the point that he is now the CEO of Game Freak. So going from the, uh, so he did in fact catch them all. Not by himself, that is. What, Pokemon has almost over 500 Pokemon in total now? Pretty sure it's up to like 900. Yeah. We're well above 500. That checks out. Uh, I think they're actually up into like the 800. Um, clearly, I missed a couple. No, yeah. Wait, the, let's go on Violet. We're definitely going to hit the 900s. Uh, there was a couple gents I thought were out whack, and that was it. I think he created all of them, too. Maybe not by himself. We're pushing 1,000 at this point. It's not there yet, but but there's only but, but according to Leo, there's only 500 good ones. I did not catch them all. <laughs> yeah, you did not, in fact, catch them all, sir. We got exa exactly 905 Pokemon <laughs> as of now. <laughs> so I guess it should be kind of the notice uh, for Pokemon. The first one, Jen, is one of the first ones that have four different versions of itself. Pokemon Red, which is, I think, the original version. Then Pokemon Green when it was released in the in Japan, but when it went internationally, also it had Pokemon Red. No, sorry, Blue. Pokemon Blue was the international version. It actually was also fixing bugs. <laughs> they they uh, redid some sprites. They fixed a couple of issues and glitches. Basically, it was an enhanced version of Red and Green. Uh, so when they brought it over here, they used that as the template when they uh, did Red. And just directly got to be a weird thing. Yeah, this third version of it doesn't work. Oh, so I guess internationally blue is the first one, not red. I technicality, yeah, because it was the enhanced version in Japan. Oh, it worked better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue came out after red and green as an enhanced fix for a lot of the stuff in the originals. They were still released as red and green, and then blue later, and then red and blue here in the states. So Leo, so you are correct in that. Now, after that, there's also version yellow that comes out for this generation, which is tries to translate the Pokemon anime into the game. The coolest part about that is, unlike the other ones, you can get all the starters without needing to train. Which, for anyone who was back then, they give you one save slot and that's it. Is that not still the case today? Here's my Pokemon, I'm trading it to you, and now I have to delete everything. 
and start over again. Oh no, you can definitely make more save slots. That, that wasn't that wasn't a memory limitation. That was a deliberate choice. They chose not to let you uh, make it so that way you do that. So yellow comes out, and yellow since it's based off the anime, and Ash gets all the uh, the starters. They put in where you can get all the starters based upon that show. I don't know if it follows the rest of the anime for that one. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it uses the anime as more of like a guideline, which is also, I believe, in yellow. The starters are also um, sort of around like Celadon and oh, what's one of the lightning gem? Vermilion City? Yeah, it's before they get the saffron. I know that. Oh, yeah. And that way, you know, they made the whole, that whole thing, where, you know, just like the anime around the same area where you get them. And that's basically most of the stuff that we've got before we even get to the game itself. Um, so the first town that you pop into is Pallet Town, um, which I think has a different name, uh, because it's actually based on the creator's, uh, hometown. The name of the Pallet Town was because of, uh, interesting etymology. In the original name, in, in Japanese, uh, it was Ma- Masara Town, which is, uh, had a, I guess a town slogan, which is, uh, Masara is the color of pure white beginnings, and because it's that slogan, um, that it's basically town white. And so, when it came to when it got switched over to um, to the English translations, they changed it to palette, which is a color palette, which would have every color. And so that's what they did for the palette town. I think Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirrel don't really have much of a mythological. Are you think they're just we needed a red, a blue, and a green called it today? Actually, I do know where all three of them because the thing is with uh, the starter Pokemon, they always revolve around some type of theme, and the theme of the first set of starters were like yeah, uh, popular pets for a lot of Japanese kids. So it'd be a frog, a turtle, and a lizard. So actually, um, my wife just chimed in on something and was very helpful. Um, so the reason why Charmander is a salamander that's fire type is because there are a breed of newts referred to as the firebelly newt, which is a form of salamander. Ew. And, and that's mention- what it's based on. Dribbles. Yeah. And not to mention in a lot of uh, multiple lores, and I know I've seen this in a number of animes too, like in a, like in fairy tale, the salamander actually does refer to like the fire oh, yeah. dragon slayer. Actually, there was an interesting, um, like one an accidental lore thing that happened with salamanders because I think when they would like start burning like old logs because a lot of like salamanders would live in there, they would think, oh, it's like the fire exists, and then all of a sudden these lizards pop out of the fire. So there's an association with like these magical fire lizards that just are born of flame. Yeah, a lot of in other places in the world, your popular pets differ depending on your origin of the place. Like in the United States, what it's cats, dogs, and um, birds. I want to say. I think, uh, at least with Charmander, if my memory serves, I think that uh, the kind of onus of creating that was based off salamanders, which you do find pretty typical in our world, um, and it's my understanding in Japan as well. Um, and I know they have turtles over there. I have no idea where Bulbasaur came from, other than just like, it's a plant! He, I think it's supposed to be a frog. It's supposed to be a frog. Yeah, isn't, doesn't Mana have salamander? Yeah, that's when the Legend of Mana has one of the the Fire Lord is Salamanders. Salamanders are known for being able to take on an aw- an awful lot of heat in comparison to most other animals. Also, that would 
just kind of suck. Oh, I'm accidentally burned a, a lizard on fire. Is the lizard good? Still good. Actually, All I'm right. Just trying to look up. Just like I wonder if there are certain species of frogs that actually do have like vegetations that come out of them. Yeah. So what is a Bulbasaur then? Is it supposed to be a frog? Cabbage frog, I think, is the name some people put with Bulbasaur. So that would make sense to me. Yeah, he's a like a toad. Squirtle being a turtle is pretty much on par. That's you don't need much of a reference to that. Also, it rhymes. Squirtle the turtle. Oh yeah, and I think there's definitely a uh, Gen Four turtle starter that we can definitely talk about with that one. Actually, turtle. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the theme on those three are mythologies. <laughs> there's a couple of species of turtles that do. Um, it's a kind of a weird, which is why I thought it was weird to, it would be like this. So there's a couple of species of turtles because of how they slowly they move when they're in water that they will actually have they'll have chunks of dirt and and moss growing on their back on their backs and then eventually they can grow into small plants uh-huh. they got plant themes mm-hmm. that would make sense because there's the world turtle but we'll get to them later that's a gen form but stay tuned on that one now the other reference that big reference you get is um professor oak and i think just because they called the first i don't know if there's anything uh-huh. within it but every professor of every game is named after a tree or or plants of some sort. Because, like, juniper, I think, is a bush, isn't it? But, yeah, it's always a plant name for it. But it's kind of neat that doc- that the first one's named is uh, Professor Oak. Because the largest tree in the world and the oldest tree in the world is an oak tree. Um, it ge- is an oak or pine tree. Um, it's General Sherman, uh, which is in California. Wait, is that the Joshua tree? No, the Joshua tree is in... The, is it the Sherman the Sherman Oak, right? General Sherman's tree is in the Sequoia National Park in, in California. It's the oldest tree. It's one of the oldest and largest trees on Earth. Near as they can figure, according to the, the last time they did an age thing for it, it is roughly about, it would have been planted originally back in 700 to somewhere between 700 to 300 BC. It's also worth noting that uh, Pokemon professors outside of the main games aren't beholden to the tree rule or the plant rule. Mm-hmm. They can be whatever. They get named by whatever. So moving on from there, I think uh, your rival being there is just you need a rival for the end of the game and that's about it. But he's related to the professor. And he always gets to pick second because he'll always pick the one that the opposite of the one that you that you pick. I know that there's a game in game for reason for that. I like to think of it as going out after spite. It's called strategy. I mean, that is pretty much his entire characterization. <laughs> oh, what a dick move. All right, so moving on from there, you get to the first couple of actual Pokemon that you run into. I think it's uh, that one is Rattatat. Rattatat and Pidgeys. Rattatat and Pidgeys. And that uh, becomes a constant theme in Pokemon where just like, you know, you got the your first regional useless rat and your first regional generic bird. <laughs> That's about it's it. Like, it's like, how, how generic can we get? This is Pidgey. He's a pigeon. But he's not, right? He's like a, I think he's more closely related to like a sparrow. Yeah, ironically. No, no. Th- wouldn't that be Sparrow, though? You would think that, yeah, absolutely. And Sparrow looks like a, a sparrow. That's hard to say. As well, but you, we get uh, Pokemon later, not to get too mm. far ahead of us, but like P Dove, mm-hmm. which is oh, yeah. very much no, so that, a pigeon. That one is a straight pigeon, pigeon. Like, uh, actually, like when looking at Pidgey, well, here's, I don't know what I mean. I think with Pokemon, I know that they also uh, just. Takes just so many references, so even, like, just looking at it, I feel like Pidgey even looks like more of a finch. 
than anything. Oh, I, oh, I see, see a bench. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because just like I got that like shortened stock account look to it. Mm. But yeah, Pidgey does not look like a pigeon. And I think what we need to keep in mind, right, is that a lot of these Pokemon have names in Japan that are different than their American counterparts. Oh, yeah. So it would not at all surprise me if, you know, Pidgey is based off of a different bird and some American dev was just like, ah, Pidgey, it's a, it's a pigeon. Especially with all their names and such. It's kind of tough to... Every, uh, well. Articuno is Freezer in Japan. I know that much. And that's funny in English, but it makes sense in Japanese. Yeah, I actually remember that... Um... I think like every sort of Pokemon name it actually is supposed to be at least in general it's supposed to be like just a combination of so many things put together. So and every sort of country because I remember uh, watching some other PokeTubers whenever they talk about it, they would literally be like, Okay, let's check out what their name is in Japanese. And then sometimes it would be like, Well, here's another reference you could also find for this one Pokemon and then they would find like its name mm-hmm. in French and it would like reference another type of animal. But basically it's a rat. Specifically though, it looks like that they're listed off of a type of of rat. Uh, called the Dumbo Rat, and the, the, the oh for Rattata, Rattata yeah, for Rattata, uh, Atta, it's a dumb. It's called a yeah. I just realized I switched my I thought that we didn't move on to Rattata yet. Um, but yeah, Rattata is ba- is basically your your trash rat Pokemon. It's in every gen. It's just in the corner, but it's based off the Dumbo Rat, which is a special rat that actually has really big ears, like Rattata has. Also, I just have to say. Um, my Rattata is in the top percentage of Rattatas, so... Do you also like to wear shorts because they're easy and comfortable? <laughs> they are, indeed, yes. To both. And blood calling you Troy now on? <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, yeah, that's about it. Like, It's weird because Rattata sounds like the sound effect you'd have for like a machine gun. You know, Rattatat. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they didn't give him an attack to go along with that. Like, Bullet Fang or something. Someone should do a mod in a game where you're you have a machine gun. It just shoots rattatas, <laughs> and it makes the rattatatatata noise. No, but you know what? I want the rattatas to also have just like Rossifarin hats and dreads. Oh, I was gonna say sombreros. <laughs> no, 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 no. That way, when they go out, they can also have a nice little theme. So then, that's so bad. Yes, it is. But is it inaccurate? As a quick note, Leo, though it's not catchable in the game, I will say there is a Pikachu in Route 1. There's one that you see, and it's the one that attacks Professor Oak. Oh, yeah. In Gen oh. 1. In Like, in all the other uh, So, no, just, just in Gen 1, it, it's the, the Pokemon that he teaches you how to catch Pokemon with. Oh, yeah. Ah, so, the first Pikachu you see in the game. There is a Pikachu in Route 1, but only one, and you can't catch it. It's because Professor Oak cheats. It's true. He's like, my Pikachu now. Because he took it and said, get out of here, Red. I'm waiting for a kid named Ash. Mm, there you go. Actually, something kind of on, on the subject of Pikachu. I was so certain that Pikachu had to be based on some sort of Japanese legend about an electric rat. Because there are like eight different rodents that are all electric type throughout the Pokemon franchise. I thought, okay, this has got to be referencing something. It turns out, no, no reference whatsoever. They just, they picked mouse and electric type mostly at random. 
It's like, you know what? You know what? We need something uh, to fit the pet theme. So what should we got? Uh, we got a bunch of lizards, reptilians. Uh, we got to mix it up. Mix it up. Rats? Rats. Rats. Nailed it. Yeah, sometimes the Pokemon's made, there's no reference. They just glue two things together and hope it sticks. And because of the mascot, just like, you know what? We need to we need to Poke clone this dude for every generation from that point forward. So speaking of mascots, it wasn't the original mascot. No. No. Um, I think it's Jigglypuff? Clefairy. Clefairy. No, Clefairy. Clefairy. Clefairy was the original. Clefairy! So, I, I, I will note, too, though, that um, there is a theory about Pikachu and why is uh, they went with an electric type? Um, I guess like the theory is that mice like to chew on wires. Oh, uh... but again, not proven. Just it's a theory out there, probably proposed by fans. Well, I mean, like it makes sense. If nothing, we fans want things to make sense. It does. It makes a lot of sense. In all fairness, like there's like every type of rat likes chewing wires. At okay, some point. but but I, I feel like I feel like. We gotta give my boy Pikachu respect. He's a mouse, y'all. He's a mouse, not a rat. It's different. Do you guys re- do you guys remember the movie where Pikachu talked? No, I refuse to acknowledge. Yes, that. I saw that in the theater. How dare you? You paid for that? Wow. I didn't know it was gonna happen. I'm so sorry. Wait, are babe. we talking about Ryan Reynolds? No, the, no, the, no, the, the animated one. one. Oh yeah, no, that doesn't exist. <laughs> Although Detective Pikachu is a bop, I love that movie. Yes, it is. The only I'm sad they canceled the sequel. Aww. Yeah, that's terrible news. The first one is so good. Maybe one day we'll get it. Give us a Devito cut. I'm sorry. I just wanted to remind everybody of that horrible movie and that horrible like five. You mean seconds. that movie that doesn't exist? Thank, thank you. Yes. We're so we're so lucky. <laughs> it is my gift to you. Talking Chew doesn't exist. It can't hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the receipt, so you can't give it back. <laughs> Alright, so moving on from there, I don't know what a Viridian City is, specifically, if there's any reference on that one. It's a color. I mean, they kept the color theme. I think it's green? Yeah, yeah. every every city every city is based off some sort of color. Let me, let me think. Because that's the whole thing. What color is Viridian? Is Viridian green? Viridian's a green. Yeah, that's right, because Viridian Forest. Yeah, it was shade of green. Oh, it actually also kind of matches the badges there, too. Mm-hmm. All right, so with that, we're moving on to some other ones. Uh, I think at that point, you can actually get your hands on the... Uh, it looks like you can get your hands on a Weedle or a Caterpie. I think through Viridian Forest is where you find one of the most notorious differences between the American and Japanese cut of Pokemon. Oh. Where the person who's just, like, passed out there... At first, this thing on the American uh, version of it is because they're like, oh, he's crumped because he hasn't had his coffee. But in the Japanese version of it, oh, no, it's actually it's he's a uh, drunk and passed out in the middle of the streets. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, um, give this guy a minute. He just needs some time to sober up before he's out. And then you come back just like, oh, God, I feel so much better. I think it's important to note that. Outside of Route 1, there's a lot of the, um, because of the different versions, we're going to go with which ones that we personally know better as far as what Pokemon show up where, because different versions like Red versus Blue have different uh, Pokemon that show up than, say, Yellow. Mm -hmm. Because Yellow has a whole different thing, list of Pokemon that they they do, so not every one of them is in the same regions, but we'll go with what we know. Yeah, because Red and Blue has, like, exclusive ones. Like, I believe that 
Vulpix and Sanchu were exclusive ones, and Ekans what's this? Uh, Vulpix no, Sanchu is an exclusive one. Originally, it was all it was blue exclusively. Right. Oh, I think it was Sanchu and Ekans were like exclusive to each other, because each one didn't have like a counterpart that it was exclusive to. Seal and Meowth was like that too. See, uh, and um, as I mentioned in an earlier podcast, Seal and Meowth are the only two Pokemon that can learn Payday, which is the only way you can get extra money in the Pokemon games at that time. Ooh. Okay, so actually, I hated that move growing up because I always thought I was throwing my money at them. <laughs> so I actually uh, brought up the list of the exclusive Pokemon between the two games. So, Ekans. And Sanchu are exclusive to each other. Vulpix is exclusive, and yeah, El Vulpix is only in blue, along with Meowth, the Bellsprout, Victor uh, Bell Line, Magmar, and Pinsir. And exclusive for Red consists of the Bob Plume Line, Primate Lime, Arcanines, uh, Electabuzz, and Scyther. It was an in-game thing that they did because they wanted to encourage trading Pokemon. And some Pokemon can only get evolve if you traded them. So having exclusives like that make it so that way you kind of have to trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's part of that. And actually, I think in there, there's also uh, one Pokemon that you can actually get a trade evolution in-game. And it's a Machoke. Yeah. And like when you trade it in the game, it's like even when you get it, it still involves into Machamp. And it's like one way you can actually get it without actually trading with another person. Huh. Yeah, I guess we'll, uh, we'll touch on some of those ones as we go. Or if we want to touch on some of them right now, we can do that. Or just stick with this order. Um, also, I, I feel like we're just like going through the cities and just like, what Pokemon are around here? Let's talk about these guys. Yeah, let's let's go with that. Because that, where are we right now? It's not like yeah. we're in Route 2 now? Yeah, right now we're in Route 2. Don't worry about your Rattatas and your Pidgeys. They'll, they'll keep, won't stop showing up. But exclusively for in Route 2, you would be able to get a Weedle, if you've got red, a Caterpie, if you got blue, or the Nidoran male and the Nidoran female. Um, actually, no, those ones, um, both, uh, all of those lines are actually in both games. That's not true. No, no, no. Um, is no. it? Caterpie's blue exclusive, Weedle's red exclusive, I believe. Oh, shh. So the thing is that it's exclu- uh, it's both. So it's exclusive per, uh, what I'm talking about is Route 2. They at mm-hmm. to get them that early in the game, you have to go here because normally you can't get them oh. until you get to Virilian Forest, which is past the uh, period. Okay, so they're not exclusive, okay. exclusive, but they are rarer. They're, they're yeah, ex- exclusive. They're exclusive to the rest of the place. Like this is your only chance to get these. That guys. early, you can get those two later in the game. It's just uh, uh but, oh yeah, because uh, and that's what I was talking about earlier. Not every game has the same location of where you can get the Pokemon. Uh, and certain Pokemon are exclusive from one gen to the other. Or one cop version of it to the other. Um, so, like, in Route 2, um, and we'll touch on them just because we're already here. Um, which is one of the interesting ones is Nidoran male and Nidoran female. Until later gens, this is the only, uh, in the first gen, that's the only one that it's gender-based for your Pokemon to have a completely different moveset. Uh-huh. Yeah, because... First gen didn't have breeding, did it? That didn't come till later. No, first gen didn't have breeding, because breeding wasn't introduced until gen two. Yeah, because there's no breeding in the uh, first gen. Because uh, for uh, the second gen is where you get correct. Yeah, just as a note. 
So I think, Ben, you were probably correct. I think in the Western version, you could get both of them, but in the Japanese version, you couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that wild? It gets messy. This is a no. So if anybody's listening it, and they're like, how come mine doesn't match with that? It's not your fault. It, it's Pokemon goes through whatever. <laughs> they do what they want. Uh, actually, no, I'm pulling that one up too. And even I'm seeing just like, no, one's had red and blue, like exclusive than other ones that I'm going down. They do what they want. It's like, it really is all so, over the yeah. place. Uh, but yeah, neither in male and neither in female are separated because that, uh, breeding hasn't been introduced yet, and is well, that's that's actually about it. Uh, so they're the only ones that are that have a gendered set for themselves. Mm, yeah, it's interesting that even now with the gendering, they still keep it in the name, but they no longer put the gender next to them. Like they're the ones that don't have the gender icon because it's included in their name. Which. To be honest, I feel like that was a missed opportunity in Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are a number of species where the male and the female are very, very different looking. And yeah. I feel I, I, you know, obviously not all of them should have been like that. But I feel like if they'd done a few sure. more, where if your female version of this Pokemon were different from your male version and had like different movesets, I think that would have been pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. So actually, yeah, that's actually something they uh, started introducing in more recent Pokemon games. Uh, not mm-hmm. only with ones that have like you know very very slight differences, like I think now the modern Pikachu, the male ones have like the flat tails, but the female ones have hard tails. But they even have other ones where um only like certain species, like I believe Thier's uh line of the combi, where only the females are able to evolve. The which... best for queen, exactly. And that would make sense with things such as like the Aloha version when they because it's where some of them are completely different, but that has to deal with the region that they're that are born with. Mm-hmm. But actually, I'm glad you mentioned the lower one because even that one has um, a gendered specific one that's much like the resolution line. Where I think it's about these uh, salamanders, where only like the female ones evolve, but also the ratio of it references actual real life salamanders. Where the, um, they would literally have the same queen bee logic of just like they have the head, like the head chiba, and just all these smaller sims just doing whatever she wants there's a word for it in species of breeding but i can't remember what it is is when um the male and female of the species is completely different dimorphism uh sexual dimorphism yeah sexual dimorphism i kind of hope which they do there's a particular lizard uh, out there at some point uh, that they do something like that there's a lizard out there that is basically uh rock, paper, scissors way of, of solving its breeding problems. How do you mean? So what happens is that they're, um, I can't remember what it's called, what they're called off the top of my head, but essentially there's the males uh, of the species that are born extremely large lizards and they can fight and, the, and they will reproduce with whatever. Now, there's also a set of uh, we'll call them red because they're very highly aggressive. They always travel basically on their own wherever they go. And then you have, let's call this set blue, and it's a speci- uh, it's the same species of, of lizard. But what happens is that they mate, uh, they choose to mate with one partner only, but they mate for life. It's a whole kinship. So if they ever get in trouble, they uh, they will fight in teams to take them. So there's a third set, which is a yellow, which we'll call yellow for purpose intent, which is a male that is born com- uh, extremely small. However, because of its uh, of how it's born, it has different traits 
that are similar to the female species. So if it wants to try to breed, essentially it hides in a harem and, and does an off-site hookup. That's how they, uh, and this species just has these three different groups that they keep going around. Huh. The species, I believe, is side-blotched lizard. That's the one. It's side-blotched lizards. It was an interesting take for, for that. But yeah, which could be weird in a Pokemon game, and yet sounds Pokemon-esque. I've learned something today. Yay. It's, you know, it's been around for a long time, and that's the point of these episodes, to talk about all these fantastic references that we didn't know about. Yeah, Nidoran males and Nidoran females are basically based upon hamsters and rabbits and such. Nothing too too fancy on them. <laughs> At this point, so depending on which version, you could either get a Weedle or a Caterpie. Uh, right now Mm -hmm. uh, route two which is always the one i usually go with because those two will get hardened later as a skill and it sucks to have a pokemon and that's the only move that they've got in their in their moveset oh yeah but honestly that's also one thing i remember just like that i loved about going through the reinforce is that the moment i find a cocoon pokemon it's like oh you're just easy it's xp points i just gotta be patient enough to beat you up Actually, I think also in uh, Route 2, and it's rare, I don't... But wasn't there a way for you to get uh, Pikachu in that same round as well? I think that's in Viridian Forest. Oh, okay. That's Viridian Forest. They don't show up until there. But it's rare to get them. Because you're supposed to get Pikachu much later when you get closer to the bigger cities. Okay, okay. In the lore, it's supposed to be because they're attracted to where there's a lot of electricity. But Viridian Forest does have... Oh, actually, and even uh, going through, there's also a special trade you can do in Route 2, where if you give someone named Marcel a Mr. Mime, uh, if you give him an Abra, he'll give you a Mr. Mime. Which means you better have blue. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? Um, yeah, for Weedle, and it looks like also for Caterpie. Caterpies are, and Weedles are just your simple bugs. Caterpie's a Caterpie. Weedles and weedles. Well, actually, now I'm just now I'm trying to look up this like what kind of toxic um caterpillars are there? Uh, there's a few. Because I'm also trying to think, it's like what is a what is a like a bee and wasp larva, or are there like other species of bees? There's several other subspecies of the of of bees on there. Not caterpie. It's because caterpie turns into a metapod, and the metapod turns into a butterfly, and that's basically your life cycle of a normal mo- of a normal butterfly anyway. So fun fact. Uh, there's actually a species of caterpillar called the bee caterpillar. Yeah, I just pulled it up. It's straight up freaking... It looks like someone just glued a bunch of, like, wasp butts together. And I was just like, we are one. That's why we call you Leo Wasp Butt. Uh, that's my OC. Do not steal. Ooh, actually, no, better. I just found one. It's called a... Okay, Coffee Bee Hawk Moth Caterpillar. Gesundheit. Let's just glue a bunch of names together. Oh, yeah. Uh, good for you. Who named that one? But yeah, but this one, actually, from looking at it, Longo Caterpillar, but it does have a huge stinger at the end as well. And I think that it's interesting that they took real life inspiration off of uh, or for Pokemon. I mean, they got to get it from somewhere. They're just like, okay, hold on. It's like, let's make another line, but make it be poisonous. It's like, well, we can't make a larva. What if we found another worm? That looks like it could totally do it, though. Like, sold. Look, if you look at a, because uh, they'll go through their larva phase, and then into their their um, cocoon phase, and that's all good. Enough. So imagine if somebody replaced a, a metapod with a cocoona, and that somebody wasn't paying attention. Oh, I'm going to get this really cute because Butterfree is adorable looking. Mm-hmm. Okay, cute little fluffy. 
uh, butterfly flying around. Awesome. And then you have Beedrill, which is the final evolution of that. And Beedrill looks like he's going to shank you two ways from Sunday. Hey, look, he's not lying. <laughs> Sometimes we have to name these simple. It's a bee. It's got drills. Seriously, stay away from that forest. I know it's just super love how they just had just like multiple inspirations of just like insects and bug line. Just like, let's let's just put it all together and just make something beautiful. So moving on from there with the cute butterfly, but the super dangerous bee drill, we now have go into, uh, you start moving past Virilia to the Virilian forest. And there's a little section in there. Now, now we're in Virilian forest. Um, this is where most people are picking up. This is where you get Pikachu as a rare thing for it. Back in his chunk days. Uh, the the big new Pokemon that we get to talk about is Diglett and Digtrio. That's uh, Diglett Cave. You're thinking of Diglett Cave, not Viridian? Uh, no, oh, it's after Viridian Forest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you still get Caterpies and Weedles uh, in Viridian Forest, but you have that rare chance at the Pikachu, which is what most people want out of there. Mm-hmm. But it's also uh, Viridian Forest is where you get introduced to Weedle and Caterpies Evolution, Kakuna, and Metapod. <laughs> the rock-based Pokemon, which is still let more of a rock than most rock Pokemon. <laughs> I know you did not respect, disrespect my man Geodude. I did not. Dude is literally a rock. <laughs> um, you'll get to see him soon in Pewter City. Yeah, sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. That's how he rolls. Um, if we didn't just spoil like 16 other gens already. Um, yeah, Diglett's a rock? Diglett's cave, is that the only spot you can get uh, Diglett? I don't think it's the only spot, uh, but I think it's the first spot, and I think they're much more prevalent there than other places. Oh, yeah. And actually, even going through uh, Reading Forest... Just full of nothing but just bug catchers, mm -hmm. and just one lass that has both both genders of Nidorans in uh, the yellow version. Yeah, Diglett's cave has Diglett's uh, has Diglett's in there. Sometimes you your naming convention is very simplistic. What do we call that? That's where the Diglett's live. Good enough for me. It's like. Yo, we heard you like Diglets, so we put some Diglets with your Diglets. Always reminds me of a hilarious conversation with a, uh, some comedian who says this. He's like, all right, uh, we should name these things. They're round. They're orange colored. Why don't we call them oranges? Sure. Sometime later. Hey, what do you call these orange pointy things? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, near as I can figure, as far as Diglets go, not really any kind of, and Dictrios, not really any kind of, of weird reference, except it's supposed to look like one of those whack-a-mole games. That, that's about it. Mm -hmm. Which means if you use the ability to uh, dig, all you're doing is going yeah, down, going up, going down, going up. They always reminded me of moles, even though they don't look anything like an actual mole. Yeah. I mean, they are the mole Pokemon, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is what it looks like when you uh, dig it. It looks like when someone tries to describe a mole, but describes like the bare minimum. It's like all they saw was the mole's face, and it's like, that's got to be all of it. That's it. Oh, but there is so much nightmare fuel drawings of what's underneath Diglett that I want to stay away from. Mm-hmm. Fanbase is scary, yo. No doubt. I'm trying to remember, because I think um, Diglett's also the first introduction to move Earthquake, where, like, at the time, it was the most powerful Pokemon move. Yes. That is, like, the... Because Earthquake's the most, in Gen 1, is the single highest damaging move. Mm-hmm. Because I think it was the only one that actually had, like, a base power of 100. And would just... And not everything, but uh, I also remember when Diglets would use magnitude, and such becomes like earthquake roulette. <laughs> and it's like it's like I'm gonna feel a little shake, 
Or am I going to turn to a little shake? Who knows? Um, all right. So moving on from there, we're now in Peter City. Got a lot to get uh, cover, ground to cover. But it's the best place to cover some ground is with all this ground-type Pokemon. See what I did there? Nailed I do. It. I do. Uh, this is where you'll get introduced to Brock as well. Which, uh, near as I can figure, Brock Ryan's so rock. Nailed it. He's like, we, we need a name for a gym leader. Oh, he's a rock type. All right, all right. Put a bait front. God, you're a genius. <laughs> See, it's it's because he's the rock type Pokemon, but also he's a total bro. It's true. So they had to combine those together, you see. He is. It's actually, um, people are mispronouncing it. It's broke. <laughs> broke. Same, though. It's like, he couldn't afford to live at a gym, so he became broke. So it, that's, so much like much uh, art students, this is where you study your broke period. We're still light years away from studying our baroque period. He's a Brock solid kind of guy. Love it. Hey. <laughs> hey. hey. Yeah, love it. Um, but this is where you get introduced to, to Onyx and Geodude and a couple of, I think those are the bigger archetypes that pop up from all the trainers. Uh, yes, those are the main ones. I'm actually pulling the gym right now. My personal favorite is that if you did like me and you started with uh, Charmander, this is where the game decides to hand you your <laughs> butt like nobody's business. <laughs> So you you want to know what's an interesting theory I did hear about the uh, the starters is that someone suggested that it's like each one is a different level of difficulty depending on the first two gyms, and it's like was well, like like Charmander is the hardest one because it just it's weak to the first two gyms and Squirtle's like you know good against the first but neutral to the second and then you if you bring up Bulbasaur you just tank through everybody because you're a tiny poison frog god plant life, but but I'm also looking at like. All the Pokemon in this gym. What is stopping Brock from also being the ground type gym leader? Because there's there's more ground type Pokemon here than rock types. What's interesting too is I don't think there's actually a ground type gym in general. Yeah, well, because like because uh, he only has one trainer there that you fight, but all he has is a Diglett and Sancher. Just like hold up, your guys aren't rock types. Gen one. Wait, there is. It's the eighth oh, one. Please, yeah. yeah. I thought yeah, it was the poison. Yeah, the eighth gym was ground. Yeah. No, oh, okay. it's, it's ground. Uh, poison so, yeah. is Koga in the future. I've just missed opportunity on that one, actually. Giovanni. Yep. Giovanni. Oh, I guess he does have Nido King. Actually, this does, this does remind me of, of a joke I ended up seeing with, uh, with Lance, the Dragon Trainer champion. Where it's just like, listen, I know you're called the Dragon Trainer. We know you're a flying trainer. Let's look at all your Pokemon. Flying type, flying type, flying type, fly. It's like you have three dragons. It's like yeah. two, two that should be dragons, but are not. And like a dinosaur, and they all fly. They thought a dragon type was cool, but didn't have enough dragons to make it work. So they just... <laughs> Lance. He's like, but, but they look like dragons. Like, Lance... I'm a flying trainer. <laughs> there we go, buddy. There we go. It's okay. It's okay. All right. You know, there's there's a wonderful lad in in a town in a county next over. Make some friends with them. But yeah, so here's where you deal with. So there's Geodude and Onyx, and what's the other? Uh, and I don't think there's anything new that we haven't already mentioned that hasn't shown up, except for Shannon. No, no, actually, no. That'd be it because this would be the, technically this would be the first time you actually do see Diglett and Sanchez around. Because essentially, this is the uh, mm. gets you ready for what's to come, and like Mount Moon. Yeah. Oh, 
but we can't capture the Tantru yet, right? Not yet. Um, but also going through the city uh, is also where the um, scientist museum is. Where also we get the item of the old amber and the place where you can resurrect Poke fossils. Is that in this town? I thought it was a different town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's from the, the scientist museum. Oh, right. It's like right behind Pewter City. And then there's like a little lab right, right next to that. So wait, is that where you can get uh, Emerite then? You can't get it there. You get it in Mount Moon. It's like, but it is where you get the old amber. It gets access to Aerodactyl. Oh, right. Oh. <laughs> Here's some amber. Hang on to it, I guess. Uh, and like you as a tenor, are just like, oh, cool, a shiny rock. And then the shiny rock turns into a big flying dinosaur rock. And you're like, I like you. I'll call you Sprinkles. All right. So here's Geodude, which I love that Geodude flies. He hovers. He hovers. It's different. What's the difference? He only goes so high and, and that's max. He can't go any higher. I guess Geodude is his name. His, his naming convention is very on the nose. He's a Geo. Geo means rock. Oh. Is it possibly Geode? Yeah, kind of Geode and dude. I like that uh, he's a rock, but isn't he like, doesn't he also have like um, a surf ability or something? I remember there being something about, oh, because, no, sorry, that was, I always make jokes about him being, like Geo did, so he's a so he's a surfer. Oh my god! Oh my god, dude! You know what? This is this is why he ended up in the Because someone saw the opportunity. It's like, what if we brought him back and made his flying make a little more sense? Yes. <laughs> magnetism, magnetism. Yeah. If you told me that Brock's big uh uh rock snake combination Pokemon's named is Onyx. I would tell you that is not what an onyx looks like, sir. Oh no, but let's. But you know what? Uh, even just putting down stone serpent and Google, my goodness, there are a lot of stone serpents around there. Oh yeah. Let's see, uh, Nagamani. There's so many different um, different uh, mythologies around serpents and rock serpents. Oh yeah. Who knows which is the one that this one's tied to? But yeah. You know what? It, it's probably just like let's take a little bit of this one, a little bit of this one, a little bit of this one. Like, I, like right now, I'm just trying to see like what kind of specific like stone serpents you can talk right now. Um, there's a few, but like none of that I can think of that is specifically tied in with Onyx, though. Apparently, Onyx is just we took rocks, we glued them on a snake, called it a day. Maybe it was just that they couldn't pick a particular rock snake that they wanted to base it off of. Yeah. So it's like they just looked at so many of them, and you're just like, okay. I think we need a rock snake. What makes you think a rock snake's good? Well, I know one thing. Uh, the Africa, Asia, and Latin America audience will love it. Nailed it. All right, so I think that's it for Peter City, and then we're moving on to Route 3. And depending on your version, Route 3 is where you get your hands on the Jigglypuff. Where you get introduced to the Sleeping Nightmare. But not only that, you get introduced to Spiro. Spiro, which, as we established earlier, looks like a sparrow. And it's like... There's the reference. Uh, nailed it. But actually, uh, also going through the Setupy site, uh, looks like in Pokemon Yellow version is also where you can start getting Sandshrews and Mankeys as well. Do not mess with a with a real life uh, monkey if you can avoid it. Those things will rip your your, your face off. Oh jeez, no. Yes. <laughs> it's like, 
You know what? Ash Ash had a whole episode dedicated to don't miss monkeys. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, for as I can tell from the origins of Jigglypuff, it's pretty much we just wanted a puffball who's cute, like cream puff. I do know it evolves into Wigglytuff if you get it, if it a moonstone. So throw a moonstone rock on it, and it works out at night. That's my plan. That's the game plan on this one. That's what I got. <laughs> Seems legit. It gets wiggly tough at night. Yeah. <laughs> you tell that to somebody who works out of the gym at night and they do not play Pokemon, they will not understand what you're talking about. Well, I'm pretty sure the evolving into wiggly tough with the Moonstone is based on the legend of the rabbit in the moon. Because wiggly tough has big rabbit ears. Right. Yeah. Oh. Oh my. Uh, isn't isn't that neat? I I do not have anything against. Uh, uh, and this is one of that. Well, Wikipedia doesn't even bother to put together. You know, actually, this actually this one probably came through like some. But yeah, that makes per- uh, good sense on that one. Mm-hmm. Big old rabbit ears gets to have its moonstone. Isn't Mankey actually a fighting type too? Yes, Mankey is fighting type. Fighting monkeys. My monkeys is like you know what? Yes, monkeys can learn how to fight, and that's another thing that's kind of scary about them. It is uh, it is deeply what we call in the no bueno area. Yeah, well, I mean, monkeys in real life are really dangerous fighters do not approach a monkey in the wildlife you might not be walking away and and also santru santru is just uh also look like a deadly uh, i think um and i hope at some point they give you a blue santru for that sonic the hedgehog oc uh yeah the steel and ice type actually because because uh santru and santru are supposed to be based off like on armadillos but uh specifically uh, pangolins, which actually you can pull them up. It's a straight real life Santro. <laughs> it's like all the way down to like it's standing on its hind legs and it just has like the big old claws on the very front. And it's like, yay, real life animal reference. And you know what? It sounds like armadillos like digging, which makes which makes sense why it's ground. Yep. It looks like a sparrow is a sparrow. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And Sanchez are, are armadillos notorious for hole digging, going for grubs, worms, and other whatnots. That's a bit. Go, Sanchez. Go, Sanchez. Moving on from there, we're about at this point in the game, we will be about at uh, Mount Moon, which is where they have the moon. Or it's big enough that you can see the moon. I don't know why they named Mount Moon Mount Moon. Uh, I think it's because like moon mm-hmm. rocks are there most. But also we get introduced to Zubat. <sighs> your first Zubat, your great introduction and reminder of just like, oh, it's going to know me for a very, very hey, long time. Hey, Zubat again. Hooray. Like Zubats, more Zubats. Yeah, it's like, but you know what? Bats and caves just go hand in hand together. Mm-hmm. And if you've got nothing but zoo bats all over the place, I mean, that's just the thing. Bats will they they come out in huge swarms, and that that's about it. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing that most people know about Zubat is Zubat's annoying to deal with because they are all over this game. Actually. How toxic are bats in real life? Depends on the species. Um, so some bats, like the vampire bat, which is just a really giant bat, 
mm-hmm. because of their fangs, they can actually put toxins in your blood while draining the blood. But vampire rats are so big, they have known to to bite animals and uh, feeds off of their blood. But there's little uh, fruit bats that you can have, and those are not toxic at all. But actually, even even just drilling that, bats are also notorious just like carriers of diseases and that. But actually, back to your whole body and life, I remember that and even looked up uh, the moves of Zubat as well. And even from the beginning, like his, his very first move that he knows is leech life. Which is a straight a bite and drain move. Actually, I'm even looking at this. Uh, he doesn't even learn a poison type move naturally. So an interesting thing for about bats is that bats, their toxicity is more based upon where they live than it is themselves. So uh, what happens is because uh, when bats sleep or nap and such, they rest upside down. And the layer of the bottom of a bat cave is covered in guano. What? Bat feces all over the place. But because they don't, uh, this uh, because it's not a problem to them since they are at the top of the of the cage. The whole place becomes completely um, toxic because of the sheer amount of guano that's in there. Actually, I feel like that's a great reference because I'm going through both um, of Zubat and Goliath's moveset, and they actually make that reference in that moveset because they don't learn a single poison move except for TM Toxic. And there's still poison types at the end of it. Yeah. Wow. I did not realize that attention. But I also am kind of giggling at their French name. So Zubat's French name is Nosferapti. He's like, Nosferapti, go! And then you can evolve it into Nosferato. <laughs> oh my god. That's... Oh, their French name are Nosferatu references. That's so cute. I feel like if their English names were Nosferatu references, I wouldn't hate them so much. It's like... Zubat, Golbat. Isn't that just a Zubat, but bigger? Actually, Zubat and Golbat are also their Japanese names. And German names. But French is just like, No! Nosferapti! Go! The other uh, poison type that you get, uh, that you can find in there is the... Uh, and I don't... Is it the Paris? The Paris? Um, actually, Paris is not a poison type. Oh. It's a bug and grass type. Because its whole thing is that it's actually a... It's actually just a bug that grows around, but it has a fun guy that grows on its back. So apparently its name comes from, uh, the name for it is Paris is because of the mushrooms on its back. It That's a parasite. Oh my god. And then when it turns a parasite, the parasite fully takes over, which also causes parasitic zombie eyes. And it's like, no, no, that happens. There, there are zombie bugs out there that are completely controlled by the plant. Evolution gave a middle finger to these guys. I mean, it's the basis of the monsters that are in, um... The Last of Us is that same mushroom. The cordyceps. Cordyceps, thank you. Congratulations. Paris had a great reference to cordyceps. No bueno. Poor little bug gets in there and now becomes a zombie by the end of this. That's like, I don't want to evolve. I don't want to evolve. We have leveled up. You have accepted for fate. No. Oh my god. So, you want to know the ratio of Zubats toward all other Pokemon in these caves? Oh, I... I'm not going to be happy with that number. Oh, yeah. So, Zubats are about in the 79th percentile. Geodude's at 15. Paris is 5%. And in the 1%, we have the one who couldn't, who did become the mascot, Clefairy. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one other thing. Like, there is a disproportional amount of Zubats in this game. 
All right, so with that, after that, we leave that uh, later down the road. Maggie Carp on Route 4 is a rare thing that is a thing that could pop up. Now, that Maggie Carp... I- yeah, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, name shame, but did you say Maggie Carp? It's just Magikarp. Magikarp? Magikarp. <laughs> That's fair. No, totally. It's okay, he all... Totally fair. Yeah, Maggie Carp is my favorite Pokemon. Hey, you know what? Maggie Carp makes sense. Yo. Leo also said Nidoran earlier, so you know. No, I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't think we should name shame. It's fine. You, if you, if you call it Maggie Carp, you call it Maggie Carp. I do believe it's pronounced Magikarp. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My favorite Pokemon. My favorite Pokemans is Maggie Carp. The East Silent. No. Um. On a magic carpet ride. <laughs> I no magic carp. I like. The one cosplayer who was Aladdin with a Magikarp like scooter, because he's like Aladdin on a magic carpet. Magic, magic, magic Hang on, I'm putting it in the chat. No, it's good. Don't, don't boo it. It's funny. It uses sla- splash to get around. <laughs> Although you don't, if I, I love that. Magikarp is placed in there because of an of an old legend, and it follows it because the way the evolution for that goes into Gyarados, which is a massive dragon, <laughs> and that thing is huge. It's based on a legend about how a carp had that leaped over the dragon's cave, uh, the dragon's gate, would one day become a dragon itself. Magikarp is all about that folklore. It worked hard, worked strong, and then all of a sudden became the. It's one of the earliest dragons you types you can get in that game. Oh, yeah. But Magikarp also means that you have to work at it, because if you're lucky, you got Tackle. I mean, it learns Tackle at, like, level 15. If you're lucky. Splash Attack. <laughs> Splash Attack. Oh, man. I think it looks like also around this area where Magikarp is also where you find a lass that has Parasex. And it's like, yeah, that looks like uh, a bug that's really that got really upset about becoming a zombie, and now he's just like, huh. Oh, man. Also, for reference, uh... Gyarados is not a dragon type. No, he's not. Uh, I don't believe dragon type existed in first gen. It wasn't until third or fourth. Here's the thing. It did exist, but it was really one of the laziest types that were existing. (laughs) No, 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 no. Okay, I'm sorry. I went through entire Poke YouTube videos of this. We're talking about this, all right? There is one line of dragon type Pokemon. Lance has it, okay? You know, half half his team is just pure dragon knights. But you know what else? You know how many freaking dragon moves there are in Gen 1? At least two? Oh. Oh, I wish there was at least... Wait, let me see one. No! No, I wish there was at least two. There's only one. It's Dragon Rage. <laughs> and, you know, here's something else that's horrendous about Dragon Rage. It, it doesn't have a specific power hit. It just does exactly 40 damage. So not only is this supposed to be an omnipotent, extreme-like species of dragon that came forth, but there's only one move, and it's not even that good of a move. It's like dragon type was the laziest type introduced in Kanto, and continued to be lazy up until Gen 3. Because Gen 2 sucked at it even worse. That's amazingly horrible. <laughs> right? And it's like, listen, like, going through, yes, I know... Red, blue, yellow was the first time, but like even go, looking back at it now and looking at like, what they currently had, it's like, guys, did you know what you were doing in here? <laughs> We've got only the one. 
He was like, let's make a dragon type. Okay, we have a whole line. We gave it a move. Well, that's about it. We're done. It's like, uh, is that, that it? We're not not anything else? It's like, no, we got all dragon types. No, let's make a dragon trainer too. You want a dragon trainer? Yeah. But it's like, okay, here's his three dragon types. And his fire flying. And his water flying. And his rock flying. You fuck, freaking flying type trainer. Well, I mean... From a design standpoint, what is likely to have happened is that they wanted to make this one trainer very special, so they gave him a very unique Pokemon with a unique type. Um, it's likely to have come late in development, though, where, like, you know, they, they'd already had all these other Pokemon. They already made Charizard Fire Flying, not Fire Dragon. You know, they'd, they'd already had all these things set. And the dragon type probably came at the end. We're like, this guy's going to be super special. He's going to have an actual dragon. He's like, we need some type of cool final boss. What's cooler than dragons? And it began, and there began the trend of pseudo-legendaries of dragons. I mean, to be fair, the first true pseudo-legendary was Arcanine. That's true. It's like... Okay, okay. We're going to bring up my boy, Arcanine. We're talking about this. Dude is the legendary Pokemon. He's on a plaque in the anime of Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres. He's associated with other legendaries. Give him his legendary status. Game Freak, get on it. That's why I pointed yeah. it out. I mean, in the f- like first episode of the show. Like, yeah, he, he's based off of the uh, Chinese lions. Yep, the guardian lions. It's like, bro... He's a straight lion dog. And it's like, it's like, okay, okay, listen to me, Counter Region. You're not going to give legend status to this absolute gorgeous, like, dog lion being, but you're going to give it to the horrendous knockoff of Piff. He's the best boy, and I'm tired of him not getting the recognition he deserves. It's like, this magic dragon doesn't do a squat. It's like, justice for Arcanine, the true pseudo legendary of Kanto. Seriously. Oh, Arcanine is my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> ah, yeah. I hide it really well. And it's like, but you know what? It's just like, we took a great trip through Kanto, so let's just uh, push save on our Game Boys and see what next game we can slip in. <laughs> I can talk about Arcanine more next time. It's like, you know what? You know what? We're going to end this podcast with justice for Arcanine. Justice for Arcanine. Give the comments, as Brendan Lee Mulligan says. Legend status Arcanine. All right, thanks for uh, uh, coming in and listening to us, everybody. Now, unlike our normal episodes, we're actually going to cut this one short here. And then what we'll do is that later throughout the uh, next week, we may even introduce the next section of this Pokemon episode sporadically and periodically as we go through. So unlike our normal recordings, this one will be possibly even off schedule than normal. So you might have more more than three or even four possible podcast recordings in a month instead of our regular two. Um, but real quick, thanks for everybody who, who showed up for this, and we will see you next time on part two of the Kanto Regions Pokemon. Mysteries wait us in, Cer- in Cerulean City. Find out next time. Kanto Regions. Ooh. Gaming Theater Podcast is hosted, created, produced, and edited by Leo Garcia, the Geek Scorpio. 
Our music is A Drinking Game. Stock media provided by Stormwave Audio slash Pond5. Our cover art is by Adam Parker. You can find him at ParkerGFX on Twitter. If you want to send us some financial support to help with producing things for gaming theater, you can do so at patreon.com slash gaming theater presents. It helps us out. Want to send support that doesn't hit your wallet? Please leave a review with wherever you hear your podcasts and share our podcast with your friends. It really helps out. Thank you for listening.